When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Looking to build wealth beyond the stock market? Gain access to alternative investment opportunities once reserved for the ultra-wealthy with Yield Street. Build a diversified portfolio with investments such as real estate, art, commercial finance, and other alternatives typically with low stock market correlation and targeting annual yields of up to 15%. Yield Street investment minimums start at $1,000. Head to YieldStreet.com to join over 275,000 members and create your account today. This is the Cubs Related Podcast, a bonus edition coming to you on March 31st, 2021. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And why are we having a bonus episode? I think you guys probably know this. I know some of you were waiting for us to speak on this particular issue. But we need to talk about Anthony Rizzo and his contract situation. But we didn't want to do that on the season preview episode. The season preview episode is meant to take a look at the upcoming season, get hyped, uh, set some expectations, realistic or otherwise, and the, the tone of these conversations is completely different. So if you are hearing this podcast, please know that this is a bonus episode. This is the second episode that we are releasing prior to opening day 2021. So if this is the first one you are listening to, if you don't care about hearing our thoughts on Anthony Rizzo's contract situation, there should also be a season preview edition in your podcast feed. If it is not there, it should be. You can reach out to one of us. I'm at CF Cubs Related on Twitter. Brendan is at Cubs Related on Twitter. That is also our Instagram handle. But I just want to be clear that if you just want the season preview, you just want to get hyped up, you just want to talk about the 2021 season and the roster and everything, that episode should be there and it should be in your podcast feed. This is, as I've said 50 times now, a bonus episode specifically to get our thoughts on the Anthony Rizzo contract situation because it just has a very different tone and is its own topic uh, separate from necessarily the 2021 season. So we wanted to offer our thoughts. This should be a, a short episode, but we didn't want to go without speaking on this. Now, why we didn't release this episode a few days ago when Anthony spoke is pretty much what we heard from Jed today on Wednesday. We knew Jed would speak on this or the organization would speak in response to Anthony Rizzo's uh, media meeting on Zoom the other day and, you know, wanted to make sure we had all the information, all the quotes, and, you know, so that nothing was uh, changed immediately when we were doing this. So at this point, we, we have all the context. I hope 
that when we wake up on April 1st, this episode is immediately out of date and Anthony Rizzo is a Cub for life, but I'm not holding my breath on that. So where I want to start, Brendan, is to say that if you have been listening to us for the last several months, I feel like I've been very clear, and I don't always speak for Brendan, but I do think I speak for Brendan here generally, that when we've been looking at these extensions, right, you know how much we love Chris Bryant. You know how much we believe in Chris Bryant when he's healthy. You know how much we love Javi Baez. You know how much we believe in Javi Baez because he's not the person we saw in 2020. We just know that, right? But I have been very clear since the beginning that there are three guys, main guys, set to walk from the core at the end of this season as their contracts expire. I would entertain an argument on KB keeping him or letting him go. I would entertain an argument on Javi keeping him or letting him go. On certain terms, in certain situations, I would feel fine about it. I'd feel very angry about it. I might feel good about it. It just depends on those specific situations. But I was very clear that Anthony Rizzo was a separate situation. The only one of these that must get done, that has to get done, that is a deal breaker, that is whatever cliche or metaphor or anything that you want to use to describe something that is non-negotiable. The only one is Anthony Rizzo. And you guys know how much I love John Lester. You know how much I've talked about John Lester. You all probably felt how hurt I was when John Lester was not re-signed. And I'm not happy about the way that that played out. I'm not happy about the fact that the Cubs wouldn't give him a few million dollars even though he wanted to finish his career here. I'm not happy about it, right? But even John, I don't feel the way that I do about Anthony Rizzo. The only player I feel this way about, the only player that I think I've ever felt this way about and would earnestly make this argument for is Anthony Vincent Rizzo. He must remain a Chicago Cub. It is non-negotiable. And I tweeted this the other day. I genuinely believe this. It would be one of the biggest mistakes this organization ever makes to not extend Anthony Rizzo and to allow him to hit free agency and play for another team. So all that being said, here is the stage. Anthony spoke a couple days ago and said the sides were far apart, that they had had good talks, but it did not come together and that at this point, he had instructed his agents not to discuss this with him anymore. Not necessarily that they would not entertain an offer and that they couldn't be approached by the Cubs, but just that he's leaving Mesa. It's almost time for opening day, which was the deadline that he wanted to have this done by, or at least the talks done by. And so if anything is still going on on the Cubs end, He doesn't want to hear about it until the numbers reflect what he's ready to sign. And he says that the Cubs know what that is. So he says he's at peace by it. He reiterates what he said for years, that he wants to be a Chicago Cub forever, what this city means to him, what this team means to him, what the fans mean to him, everything. We heard then that the offer was five years for $70 million, that that was what the Cubs came with, and that that was not what Rizzo was looking for. So then we hear from Jed Hoyer on Wednesday 
and we get kind of a different tone, right? Jed uses the phrase, a direct quote, he is very confident that the Cubs will be able to work out an extension with Anthony Rizzo at some point. Jed saying further, quote, I want him playing first base for the Chicago Cubs for a long time. And he emphasized that there have been a lot of conversations on the matter, that he is closer to the negotiations than anybody else, and that sometimes when singular data points, I believe he's referencing that 570 number, come out in public, which we heard, it creates a bit of an uproar and it starts a conversation that maybe doesn't accurately reflect the negotiations. So this is where the sides are. So... Brendan, I'll throw it to you because I've been talking for several minutes now, Uh, but this is a topic that we're both obviously passionate about. I've laid out my feelings about this. The fact that it has gotten this far is embarrassing and should be something that Jed and Tom Ricketts and everybody in this organization, Crane Kenny, everybody, is completely embarrassed by because what Anthony means to the Chicago Cubs is more than he would mean to anybody else. His value to this franchise, the amount of money that he's helped this franchise make, the impact he has had on the field for this team in the community of Chicago and communities across the country is, is, you know, almost second to none, right? And so to let it get to the point where Anthony even has to speak to the media like he did the other day is a total joke, and it's embarrassing, and it, it I think it pained all of us to watch Anthony have to go through it. I took Jed's words on Wednesday, and I was a little more optimistic by them. You don't have to take press conference stuff as gospel, and even still in those comments, he's saying, you know, he knows how much we want him to be a Cub, blah, 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 but they're not they're not giving the number that gets that done, right? So I understand if that rings hollow to a lot of you. So there's a, there's a lot to digest here, but my, my first sentiment is what I said at the beginning. This has to get done. The, it, and, and whether it's by opening day or whenever, he has to be a Chicago Cub. But it's very disappointing that it has been allowed to get to this point. And it is very disappointing, especially given that it does not seem by any account that Anthony is asking for something that is unreasonable, right? It, it We don't have a report that he's asking for 10 years and $30 million a year or something that's just like, yeah, okay, I can see why a front office, you know, maybe doesn't feel the sentimentality that we all do about Anthony Rizzo that they would be willing to commit that. But that that's not the case. It sounds like the number that Anthony wants is reasonable and the Cubs just haven't been able to get there. So, Brennan, I, I like when, when we got those quotes on uh, I think it was Monday from Anthony. I was a little worried Brendan was going to end up in prison. Uh, I had more yeah, of a sad kind of, you know, apoplectic melancholy reaction to it, just sort of like kind of shocked and like, I can't believe that this is happening. Brendan was angry. I could feel it through the phone. I was also angry, but it was overtaken by kind of the the melancholy. Brendan, I, I thought if somebody speaks to him the wrong way, I'm going to go have to, like, I'm going to have to bail him out of jail. Um, so Brendan, the, the, the floor is yours. I feel like I've set the stage and, and I've talked about this maybe a, a little more than you have on, on our other episodes, but just what, what are you thinking about all of this? I, I can't shake the thought that when Theo described appealing to free agents and appealing to 
players to come to the Cubs because they were, you know, family first and personal life as a priority first. I can't disconnect that thought from how they're treating Rizzo. And like, look, these these guys are making millions. I, I get it. But I'm talking about this in the context of sustaining your competitive window. And for someone like Rizzo, like you want also someone in the Cubs community who is that charitable and does give back and leaves a, a substantive effect on the community because he is a Chicago Cub. It's disappointing that it's gotten this far. And the report of 70 million, you know, whatever. If that's true or not true, I don't know. That's way below market value regardless. But the fact that we're going to enter the 2021 baseball season without an extension, presumably, maybe they're going to announce it within the next few hours, but presumably without an extension, is laughable, is unacceptable, and entirely confusing that they let it get this far. And we're hearing quotes from Jed that he's confident things can get done. Okay, you, you, you can be confident. That makes me feel a little better, to be honest with you. But I don't care what you think. I, I, like, how, like, how do you let it get this far? And this is not just because we like Rizzo, the, the guy, the personality, the persona. We do, but if you want to take that out of the, out of the conversation here, please, Corey, find me a first baseman in this league who has the numbers Rizzo has over the entirety of of his career. For example, the last four years, in 2017 starting, expected on-base percentage in the 99th percentile. 2018, 95th percentile. 2019, 99th percentile. Last year, in a COVID season where he had a down year, 95th percentile. Okay? And he's a guy doing this, hitting close to 30, if not almost every single year on the nose, like 32 home runs. And he doesn't strike out. He's like a Ben Zobers type player with power, Corey. And then you throw in the fact that he is a leader. You throw in the fact that he is charitable. You throw in the fact that he's also a significant contributor to helping prospects along the way. We had Brennan Davis on this podcast last year. And Brennan told the story about when he was in instructionals, Rizzo came over to talk to them and the effect that had on that group. Corey, this is unbelievable that Rizzo does not have an extension. I I truthfully do not get it. And if we're going to use previous signings at first base as an example, you know, I think some of the rumors were that he was asking for around 130 over five to six years. Maybe around well, a I think that they were million. using that number because it's Goldschmidt's number as a point of reference. I don't yeah. know if he was asking for yeah. it, but it was just a pretty for sure. familiar point of reference. Yeah, for sure. So let's say it's around that that range, right? the The dollar per wins above replacement model. I don't like. I I don't like saying this, but it's the only ruler, the only barometer we have. Teams over the last couple of years, on average have spent around 9 to $10 million per war, per win above replacement. So that means on the open market for a two-win player, teams are ponying up around 18 to $22 million, Okay, 
Rizzo is going to be a two-win player. Despite his, like, you know, defense and contact alone, even if the power goes down, he's going to be a two-win player. So if he's asking for $20 million annual average value, that is fine. Give him the contract. And if you look at players in the past who have aged with Rizzo's portfolio, they age well. Ben Zobrist, again, the perfect example. He aged well. Joey Votto last year had a bad year, but Joey Votto, the discipline, the contact, the mild power, he has aged well, even in his late 30s. And Rizzo's contract, if it is for six years, would put him in that same type of aging frame. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it from an on-field value perspective. I don't get it from a persona, charitable perspective. And, and I am concerned, dude. I am concerned when you have these young prospects coming through the system. I'm concerned when you have free agents trying to find a team that they see that the most dominant figure in this Cubs era can't even get his fair share market value by this front office. I'm scared that there's a level of distrust being permeated throughout the entire organization because of this example. Yeah, And that should concern every single fan because that is how we got a John Lester figure. That's how we got even Jason Hamill. To a degree, maybe that's how we got back Jake Arrieta. This matters, dude. And this is laughable. I cannot believe we're having this conversation. Right. And there's a lot to consider here. But I I think, you know, first and foremost, what comes to mind is we've heard for a a long time now from Theo, from Jed, etc., about extending members of this core. And we're facing a point right now where they do none of them, right? Where the only people that have recently received extensions are Kyle Hendricks and David Bodie. And that's not the plan that we've been sold, right? And I, I know things change. I know performances change, everything. But this has been a discussion point for so long and to get none of them done, right? When you, you know, you're at such a interesting impasse as an organization would be remarkably disappointing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. You know, there, there are ramifications to this. You look around the league and, and everything is its own situation. Each organization is different. Each player is different. So even when you're looking at comps, it's, it's, it's not always a direct one-to-one, right? And as I said at the beginning, I I think on an open market, Rizzo's value to the Cubs, and he knows this, him and his agents know this, is more than it is to other teams, right? Another team is not going to pay him for what he means to the Chicago Cubs organization, right? But you look around, like the Cardinals will pay Yadi Molina seemingly until he's dead, whatever he wants, because they are unwilling to let him go somewhere else. Even though his performance has declined, 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 they keep signing him, they keep him, because of what he means to that organization. The Kansas City Royals, team that doesn't even spend any money, just extended an, a, a 30-plus-year-old catcher in Salvador Perez. Why? Because he what, what he means to that organization, what he meant to them in bringing a World Series title there, and what he means as the leader of you know what is now a, a very young team, right? And, and they got it done because they took care of a guy who means the world to the organization. And so those are just a couple examples, but that's 
it's hard not to see those things and be looking and go like, guys, these are old, you know, aging catchers that are getting extensions. Anthony Rizzo is a, a, a top, consistently a top performing first baseman. He had a down year in 2020, but so did half the league, right? Like, we don't even know how to weigh all that. So, so what? Prior to that, he's been one of the most consistent players and a top first baseman year in and year out on offense and racking up all these awards on defense as well. And that's not even touching on his, his you know, what he means to this organization, the fact that he was here in Chicago before the team was good and went through the down years, went through the rebuild years, was an integral part of the successful years and bringing a World Series title here. He catches the last out like he's the guy, right? The Cubs don't have a captain. He'd be the captain, and we all know it, right? And he is the de facto captain anyway, even though it's not an official title. So it's it's one of those things where I we always say on this, and I, I really do believe this. I, Brendan and I might disagree with you, like vehemently, but you can watch baseball however you want, right? There are fans who dig into every data point. They dig into money. They dig into contract length. They're looking at performance, advanced stats, and and they view the game from a very analytical, almost binary perspective, right? A sense of a sense of attachment or feeling to the players as people or things like that isn't the way that they go about things. And I understand that. You know, if that's how you enjoy the game, that's totally fine. And, and I, I'm not going to criticize you for it. It's not how I enjoy the game, as you guys can probably tell. But you do you. That That's fine. There are also people who view things from the opposite end of that spectrum, which is they don't dig into numbers at all, right? They love everybody on the Cubs. If you said to somebody, oh, I don't like that guy because his OPS isn't good or things like that, they don't care. They love the Cubs. If they got a Cubs uniform on, if they're a good guy, if they've got a great smile, if they're nice and, and you know, just good people, they'll root for them. They don't care if they're they're good at baseball. They don't care if the Cubs are winning games, losing games. They'd like them to win. They're just there to root for the Cubs. And that's totally cool as well. I think Brendan and I are, you know, somewhere in the middle of that, right? But what is, what I'm getting at is it was shocking to me. I have to be honest with you guys. And again, I'm, I'm not like judging anybody. I just disagree with this personally. The amount of people that I saw, whether it was Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, now granted, Extend Rizzo, the hashtag was trending at one point in the United States uh, at a certain level. So clearly there are mostly people who are pretty definitively on the Extend Rizzo, give him whatever he wants bandwagon. But the amount of people that I saw squabbling over the contract numbers and saying, well, you know, he's already 31. Do you really want to be paying him when he's 36? You know, Goldschmidt got this, but I don't know if this is what he'd get on the market value. You know, there might be a lockout coming up, the CBA, this, that, and the other. I was shocked, Brendan. Like I said, I this this Cubs organization is in an interesting spot, right? The, the path forward and, and how exactly to proceed is not really a clear one, as we've talked about all offseason. There's a lot of decisions to make. 
it's it's a, a an interesting road ahead that Jed Hoyer has. So if if you think that their best path is is closer to a rebuild, if you think their best path is calling young guys up and and getting Tom to spend a boatload of money once fans are pumping revenue back into the stadium, there's all sorts of ways to go about it. I don't even know the right answer. But as I've said a million times, the one thing that I just don't think falls into that is Anthony Vincent Rizzo. And it was crazy to me to watch this. And and the best way I can phrase this to you guys is when I was seeing these things where people are like, ah, like five years at 70, that's pretty good. Because like by the end, like, do you want to be paying an aging first baseman, you know, 15 plus or $20 million when he's 36 or 37 for Anthony Rizzo? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Do it. Give him the money. If you told me right now that he's going to be 36 or 37 or 38, however many years they agree on, and again, I don't believe this. I think he'll age fine enough and be a productive player, especially if the DH eventually comes to the NL. Like he, He's going to be productive, right? I, I don't envision an albatross of a contract no matter what. But even if you told me and said, Corey, they're going to be spending $20 million on Anthony Rizzo when he's 37, and it's going to be a waste of $20 million at that time. I would look at you and say, put it in the man's pocket. I will flush it down the toilet for you. Yes, I want to waste the money on Anthony Rizzo. I can't believe we're even discussing this. It's not my money. The Cubs were just valued by Forbes as one of the most valuable franchises in the league, probably in sports in America. Yes, yes, sign me up for a contract. I don't care if it's a waste at the end of the thing. I don't care if he's overpaid. I don't care. The whole point of the Ricketts purchase and everything that's going on and the whole point of all of us putting up with the highest game day price experience in the league, some of the highest season ticket prices in the league, etc., is so that they can build a team effectively and take care of people like Anthony Rizzo and that if Anthony Rizzo's contract doesn't age well, it doesn't ruin the franchise. That's the whole point of everything that's been going on. Now, clearly right, with the different business ventures and all this other stuff, it's it's not worked out that way, right? We, we're, I'm not turning this into a thing about the rickets and ownership. You guys know where we stand on that. But that's the whole idea of this, is that you should be able to say, let's take care of Anthony Rizzo, because that contract, whether it's great or not, we're still going to be able to build a team. We still have the money to build a roster and be successful, and hopefully it's great. But I'm just telling you, yes, I'm I'm more than happy taking the risk that of all people in the world, Anthony Rizzo is receiving money from the Cubs, even if it's not working out on the field. He's earned it. He deserves it. It's not my money. Give it to him and let him do whatever he wants. Line the man's pockets with the damn dollars. I, I couldn't believe that I was seeing people say this. Uh, I don't know. You know, he'll be 37. Like, I don't want to pay him that contract. Why? <laughs> right? Like, why are you nuts? Pay him whatever he wants. It's crazy to me, Brendan, that we're even talking about this. Yeah. And like I said, it would be one thing if what Rizzo was asking for was crazy and we knew it, right? If he's looking at Fernando Tatis, right, and being like, no, let's get closer to that. 
Like, yeah, of course you can have that discussion. Again, I'm still giving him the money. I don't care what he asks for. And you've never heard me say that with anybody. So you know I'm not just like willingly spending Tom's money. But Anthony deserves it, man. And the the, the question, you know, kind of to the point that you raised, Brendan, where you were like, how does this affect prospects? How does this affect prospects? How does this affect uh, future free agent signings? How does this affect guys like Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ if they're approached with extensions? And, you know, how does it affect everybody's feelings about the Chicago Cubs organization? There's uh, so many different things to consider here. And the question that I would pose to you, and I, and I guess maybe the, the fiscal responsibility crowd, um, which again, no judgment. It's just not how I, you know, I think it's a bridge too far and like all the analytics stuff. It's just not how I see the, the, the game, right? I do have a personal connection to this team and to these players. But if Anthony Rizzo is not this guy, if Anthony Rizzo's not the guy that you're willing to just say, give him a blank check, build the statue, make him the captain, do whatever you have to to make him happy, who is that person? How could anybody ever be that person if it's not Anthony Rizzo? That's what I would ask you. And if it's nobody, you know, again, we just see we just see the game of baseball differently. But to me, we're Brendan and I are heavy analytical people, right? Like I didn't have an affection for Albert Almora, even though he was on the Cubs, and even by all accounts he was a good guy because he sucked, right? And I couldn't get past that. I I could not look at his WRC plus or his average or all these numbers, and I, I never said any. I don't have any ill will toward him or anything. I just didn't want him on the team. I didn't want him to play. So I dig into these analytics. It's not everybody. But with Rizzo, it's just different. It has to be different because there's nobody else that is like him. There's nobody else that has had such an impact on this team and who means so much to this organization, both on the field and off of it. Anthony, like everybody involved, this is real stuff. You know, this isn't a video game. This isn't just stuff that's played on a spreadsheet. As much as the the game is 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 made up of stats, and as much stats as, like I said, Brendan and I use, the effect that Anthony Rizzo has had on this organization is real. It's tangible. The effect that he has had on the community, on the fan base, on everything that it means to be a Chicago Cub, it is real. It is tangible. It's real people and feelings and emotion and connection. And I don't expect Jed Hoyer to mortgage his entire baseball operations budget, which, as we know, may be smaller than we'd like it to be and he'd like it to be. We'll see in the in the coming years. But I'm not asking him to do that. I'm not asking the Cubs to make that decision and, and give Anthony some exorbitant contract. I'm asking them to take care of a guy who means so much to this franchise. It's worth it from a baseball perspective, and he's already signed and played on a team-friendly deal for you. Meet him where you need to meet him, open up your purse, and get it done. A lot of the critiques or the criticism or whatever you want to call it about your opinion, Corey, about, oh, pay the man whatever he wants because he's, you know, he deserved it five years ago. It's it's really at the core of this debate and discussion is not what we're talking about. He is likely going to age well. And by giving him, or if you did, we're already past a point. Like the damage may already be done, right? You may be looking at this as a baseball player, as a young Chicago Cub, looking at Jed Hoyer, looking at the owner, 
and you're getting a slap in the face that this is a business. This is not, there is no loyalty in this sport. You're getting an early lesson now as a 20-year-old. If you're Brennan, if I'm Brennan Davis and I see Anthony Rizzo going through this type of negotiation process, I, I am pissed. I, I'm, I'm having an FU mentality. I'm playing for myself. I'm not playing for the team. I'm playing for myself. Screw you. Is that the message you want to send? And please miss me when you say that you are prioritizing your players' personal lives, off the field lives. Miss me with it, please. Because this is completely against what you've been saying to the media, to fans, two players for the past decade. And yeah, Jed Hoyer is part of that discussion, even though Theo's not here. Miss me with it, please. It's already, in my mind, like it's already it's already too late. If he, I, Of course, he's going to get extended. I want him to get extended, and that's going to be phenomenal. But I'm concerned the damage has already been done. And it sucks. It, su- it's, it sucks because we knew the effect that the front office had in luring in players sure. in the past. And I feel like within the last few years, it's kind of disintegrating. They've not signed or extended one of their positional player core guys. They've only extended Hendricks, dude. And to their credit, they should have. But they've only extended Hendricks. What 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 are you doing? Right. Like what like what are you actually doing? And you can make the argument of a Javi and I buy it. And even KB and some of his, you know, injury prone seasons and not wanting to commit, you know, hundreds of millions. I, I get it. This one though, what are you like what are you doing yeah. in this front office? Come on, give me a break. Yeah, and you know, again, it, it was part of if you go back to some of the front office talk and ownership talk of the prior years, you know, especially like a, a situation like Bryce Harper, you know, part of the the reasoning behind some of those bigger things not happening was exactly this. They needed to lock up their core. And here we are and it's going to be opening day potentially and none of them are going to be locked up. You know, KB doesn't have a hard opening day deadline, neither does Javi. Uh, so those things can still happen. Jed didn't really offer much on there. I my guess is that they're they've been sort of dealing with this Rizzo one primarily, um, but you know you've got none of them done, and and so it's it's just uh, hard to hard to fathom. But you know one of the things that and and we'll sort of start to wrap up here. I guess there you know I could rant about this for hours. I've talked to you about it for hours, Brendan. We've we've talked to a friend of the pod, Ryan Tomier, for hours about it. I pace around my kitchen and talk to myself about it at night because I I mean it's it's it, like I said I I was angry on Monday, but I was more sad just thinking about I I cannot believe that this is even possible, right? Like the thought of Anthony Rizzo in another uniform is sickening. I mean, honestly, it makes me sick. But some context for, you know, e- even if you are like just not sure about this and, and you're looking at roster flexibility and, and that, again, that's how you approach the game, totally fine. But some context for why, you know, part of the, the this is so enraging. And, and, and by, by that, I mean not just specific to Rizzo. When the last couple years, they needed to make clear moves to get significantly better to keep pace with teams like the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever was was you know the top team 
they haven't opened up the wallet to do it. And now we've 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 gone over that a million times. Some of that is certainly on the front office and some of the moves that Theo Epstein has made. Some of it is is obviously on Tom Ricketts for not always living up to the owner that he said he would be since uh, 2016. But what is so disappointing about where we are today is that we all deserve better. You, wherever you're listening to this as a Cubs fan, however much money you spend on tickets or merch or whatever TV package you have to get to watch the Cubs, you deserve better than this, right? We pay some of the highest prices. We pay some of the highest concession prices, some of the highest season ticket prices, and the Cubs fans have a reputation of supporting this team no matter what, right? And that was no better exemplified than in this offseason. Theo leaves, Len leaves, John Lester leaves and is disrespected, Kyle Schwarber leaves, Yu Darvish is traded for a bunch of teenage prospects and Zach Davies, even though he almost, he, he should have won a Cy Young in 2020. And you know what everybody did? Everybody got excited that they re-signed Jake Arrieta. Everybody knows that he had a downtime in Philadelphia. Everybody knows that this is not 2015 insanity, best second half of all time, Jake Arrieta. But you know what everybody on social media did? They got jacked up about it. They got jacked up about a guy that they love being back on the team, being back in the fold, and back for them to cheer for. We've talked and gotten excited about guys like Trevor Williams and Adbear Alzali and Jock Peterson and the additions that they've made. And we've, everybody, at least from my reading, had realistic expectations for this team, but was excited for opening day. And I don't know that everybody has the same attitude as me, but you guys know this. I'm on record of saying this several times. All I wanted, right? I was done. We had the one episode about you, Darvish, where we freaked out and it was like, this This is a cost-cutting move. This is BS. This is not what a team in the Cubs' financial and you know just overall standing position should be doing. And then we left it alone, right? We don't talk about it. It is what it is. We were looking at this roster. We were looking at this division. We were looking at everything, and we were ready to throw our full support onto this team. The only thing that most of us asked and said, you know what? You just got to do this one thing. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, why aren't they spending on George Springer? Why aren't they spending on other top free agents? Why aren't they the ones giving out 25, 30, you know, whatever million dollar contracts to some of the biggest superstars in the league and turning themselves into juggernaut. Nobody was saying that. All anybody asked for after this offseason and all the stuff that has happened, a large portion of it not great or fun, is just take care of Anthony Rizzo. Show him the damn respect he deserves. Take care of him and give us the peace of mind that 44 will be on this team for a significant period of the future, for the rest of his career, whatever it is, however long he decides to play, I don't know. 
And at this point, as we sit here on Wednesday night, it's about 9.30 in Chicago. They couldn't even do that. And my point in all of that is I believe that we all, as a collective fan base, deserve better than that. We all deserve better than that. We all are so on board with this team, no matter what. And they can't even give us the one thing that they know. They know. Trust me. Tom knows. Tom Ricketts knows. Crane Kenny knows. Jed Hoyer knows. They all know how much Rizzo means to this team. Don't fool yourself into thinking otherwise. And at least to this point, they couldn't meet us there. So to bring it all back, I don't know what's going to happen because... Some of it certainly sounds like press conference speak and, you know, president speak and, uh, you know, Jed Hoyer has to sort of respond to the way Anthony talked about things on Monday. But he also said some stuff that I have no idea why you would say it if you didn't believe you were actually going to get the deal done. Maybe it's to shift the perception, things like that, but there are way easier ways to have said, the talks didn't really work, we hope we can figure it out, but we need to find a middle ground. That's not really what Jed said on Wednesday. Jed said he's very confident, he wants Anthony to be the first baseman of this team for a long time. He referenced their history going back to Boston when Jed was in that front office, his time in San Diego in that front office, and then in Chicago in that front office. And Jed is correct when he says, I would argue that nobody cares more about Anthony Rizzo than me. He's got the receipts to prove it, right? He's traded for him multiple times. Jed Hoyer's entire career, basically, as a baseball executive is tied to Anthony Rizzo. So I believe him when he says that. So I don't know if that gives you optimism. I don't know. I feel better on Wednesday than I did on Monday, but there's just, you know, it's still not done and there's still room in those quotes to be like, well, you know, you want him here and you want him to be the first baseman. You're the one that, you know, you're the one that would write the contract. So just do it then, right? So I get it. I can't tell you how to feel. But what I can tell you is whether you agree with me and Brendan or not, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. This is non-negotiable. This would be a massive mistake for this team to make. And we've talked about it a good bit. The, that threshold where people invest a little less in this team. Not that they give up being a Cubs fan, not that they stop watching or never go to games again or anything like that, but just that point where it's different than it was in 2015 or 2016 or for a lot of people, you know, back in the 2000s, the 90s, just that point where you say, you know what, I used to go to 10 games a year. I'll see if I get there this year. Eh, I'm not going to buy a jersey this time. Oh, Marquis on this cable package that I don't have. Eh, I'm not going to get it. Maybe I'll stream it on Reddit or I'll just I'll just listen on the radio, whatever. If this isn't that point, right, for a lot of people, I would be shocked, right? There's so many things that happen that that could shift that, especially coming out of a pandemic. Ratings for a lot of leagues and TV shows and things like that have been all over the place. So people's interests have changed. People's priorities have changed. So I I don't know how that's going to work. But Anthony Rizzo walking and going to another team because you couldn't just meet him where you need to, if that isn't that point for people, I would be totally shocked. And as I've said many times, I think that the ownership group and the front office are 
making that gamble that Cubs fans will show up and put up with anything. And I think that, especially on this, if this doesn't happen, I think they're going to be proven wrong. It's going to be a big mistake. Just do it. Jed, meet him where you need to meet him. Tom, open up the checkbook. Just do it. All right? Like, just please get this done. All right? Anyway, that's what we have on that. I hope, I so sincerely hope that whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next week, whenever it is, right, that we are able to do another one of these episodes and we are talking about Anthony Rizzo being a Chicago Cub for the rest of his career, or at least a significant period of this future is taken care of. But that's where it's at right now. And so wanted you to have our thoughts, certainly not an issue that we can just not talk about. But again, it didn't really fit with the season preview, which as I said at the beginning, if you're listening to this episode, we did a full over an hour 2021 regular season preview. It's all hype, all, you know, get on the hype train and let's ride, predictions, previews, thoughts, musings, etc. So this was just about Anthony Rizzo. It's a bonus episode. If you didn't see that in your feed, it should be there. Check it, check it again, refresh it. There should be a 2021 season preview full episode for you. This was just a bonus, but we wanted to speak on this and that is what we have. Uh, And I'm going to end this episode differently than I normally do. Uh, And I'm just going to end this episode by saying, pay Anthony Rizzo what he wants, extend him for life, extend Anthony Rizzo. Jed, Tom, get it done.